This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike. And today on the show, we're talking with Matt Benson, founder and CEO of eFuse. Early on in this episode, we talk with Matt about his entrepreneurial journey and how even early on as a kid, he had the itch to be an entrepreneur. Early on, I was doing all kinds of random entrepreneurial activities. For example, one of my, my cousins graduated from film school in New York, so he had moved back to Ohio. And when I was 13, I started a film company with him and we would go around uh, dance recitals and singing competitions and record these recitals, burn them on DVDs and sell them to the moms and dads. And then in high school, did the same thing with glow sticks. So we'd go buy a bunch of glow sticks kind of in bulk, come up here a red, white, and boom, and travel around Southern Ohio, hire some buddies, and just kind of always had that entrepreneurial itch. Later, we talk about the rise of gaming and how COVID really accelerated the growth of the gaming community and how that impacted the early stages of eFuse. Gaming has kind of taken over the world, especially over the last year with COVID. All traditional sports stop. Everybody flocked online to Twitch, to Xbox, mm-hmm. to PlayStation. We're watching and playing games more than they ever have before. But the opportunity we saw in, in August of 2018, and even before that in the class, was, hey, with all of these new people playing games, there's a lot of new opportunities that are being created. For example, scholarships to play varsity sports at Ohio State. You may not know this, but they have a 2,000 person arena in the bottom of Lincoln Tower at Ohio State for gaming. Beyond that, there were a lot of jobs being created in the industry, not only from a a game development perspective, but also from a coaching and production and kind of all the things you'd see in traditional sports. They were creating roles for that in in gaming. We end the interview talking about where eFuse is at today and where Matt and the team plan on heading in the future. For me, it's uh, it's kind of funny. My, My old boss, Bill, used to say that companies have three different stages, zero to one, which is nothing to something, one to 10, which is kind of modeling what scale could look like, and then 10 to 100, which is just all kinds of scale, right? I look at us right now are one to 10. So when it was six people in a warehouse out in Whitehall, it was super easy for me to communicate, build product, do all these different things. But as we've ramped up, I really had to let go of being an IC and, and focus more on managing people. It's been a, a developmental thing for me, but right now I'm spending a lot of time on product and a lot of time on partnerships, not as much on the operational side, not as much on the marketing side. So as always, hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you learn a lot. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike. We've got a full house today. Tim and Josh, what's going on? Man, I feel like we haven't been in here in a while. I know. it's It's been since, I mean... Before the time change, because it's now dark here, and I'm yeah, like, oh, you can't see that so view anymore. Outside? It's kind of a bummer. But yeah, you know, it's I, that's always the uh, the most annoying thing to me. I hate it when it gets dark this early, and I know that's like the you know everybody complains about this. Everybody, literally everybody, it's like the token Midwest complaint. But I don't like how early it gets dark. Very upsetting. Dude, just imagine if you lived in Alaska. Isn't it just always dark that the sun never touches Alaska? Yeah, there's like there's like like four hours of daylight for like all the winter. <laughs> well, it switches the same way that. Right. Yeah. yeah. In the in the summer, it's all sunlight. Mm-hmm. So you just get it all out of the way, and then in the you know in the winter time, then it just it'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be weird. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're not here to talk about daylight savings time or Alaska. We're here to talk about uh, our guest. And today on the show, we've got. Matt Benson joining us, and Matt is the CEO and founder of eFuse, and eFuse was founded in 2018, and it is the place where gamers meet, compete, and are discovered. Available in the form of a web and mobile application, eFuse connects the highly fragmented gaming community and provides tools for individuals to build a unique gaming portfolio, collaborate professionally, and create tailored content. Matt has always been entrepreneurial-minded, and prior to founding eFuse, he spent time as an analyst at the Ohio Innovation Fund. We're really excited to have Matt on the show today to talk about his journey and eFuse. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You yeah. killed that intro, by the way. Thank you. You've done Thank it a few you. times. I can. A lot of, a lot well, of info. You know what? Honestly, the secret is that it is almost never that smooth. 
So Josh is smiling over there because he knows usually Dude, my, my favorite Mike intros are when he just says the wrong name. <laughs> It'd be like, and we're here to interview John. Oh, sh oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like his name doesn't even start with a J. Yeah. But, you know, so, so Matt, how's the day going? It's going great, man. Living the dream. Can't complain. I just got back from Miami, actually. So spent mm -hmm. a couple of days down there. Miami, Ohio? No, I'm Miami, kidding. Florida. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> got some warm weather. Didn't bring it back with me, though. Uh, yeah, no. Yep. It's been pretty cold lately. But uh, so... Can you just start with a little bit of background on yourself? Maybe kind of the, the highlights uh, going as far back as, you know, hey, have you always lived in Columbus? And kind of what brought you to where you are today? I know that's a pretty broad topic, but let's start there. Yeah, we'll pare sure. it down. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Ohio. I grew up about an hour south in Chillicothe. As far back as I can remember, kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit. Grew up playing video games, but also grew up playing traditional sports. After graduating from, from Chillicothe High School, went to OU, High University, I, I listened to your podcast with lower CEO, Dan, uh, so that really enjoyed that. But went to, went to OU, really loved Athens, uh, studied entrepreneurship and finance there, and then moved up to Columbus in uh, 2018, or 2017, actually, to work for the Ohio Innovation Fund as an analyst, and then eventually transitioned into an entrepreneur in residence with them before founding EFUSE. Talk a little bit about being an analyst in a fund like that. Like, like what kind of things were you getting your hands on, and what type of work were you doing? Yeah, so it was it was super interesting. I was fresh fresh grad out of OU, really had zero exposure to, to venture capital prior to that. And it was really cool for me as, as an aspiring entrepreneur to see the other side of the table. So I got to learn from, I don't know if you've met Bill and, and Faith mm -hmm. over at the Ohio Innovation Fund, but, and actually they were in this exact office when I worked for them, which is kind of funny where we're recording this podcast and just really enjoyed it and, and got to experience it from, from both sides of the table, but also got to sit down with some of the, the founders and, and CEOs that they had invested in and get to hear their side of the story too. So just really hands-on, I uh, was doing everything from special projects for the portfolio companies to looking at deal flow uh, and just meeting with CEOs for really from across Ohio. So really enjoyed the experience and uh, Bill and Faith kind of threw me into the deep end and actually interned with Faith at the same time. So she came on full-time after the fact and then uh, I jumped to start eFuse. So Let's back up a second here, because what let's what made you study entrepreneurship and what made you want to go kind of down this path? Yeah, so I, I grew up from a family of attorneys, actually. So my father was an attorney back home, and in Chillicothe, uh, there's there's not much big law, so you kind of do a little bit of everything. And uh, I knew pretty early on I didn't want to go down that path. It just wasn't what I was excited about. But I really appreciated how my dad and my, my mom, who, who helped build the practice, built a practice and, and they had a lot of pride for the community and, and what they built seemed to help a lot of people. And I kind of saw that same path in entrepreneurship. Early on, I was doing all kinds of random entrepreneurial activities. For example, one of my, my cousins graduated from film school in New York. So he had moved back to Ohio. And when I was 13, I started a film company with him and we would go around uh, dance recitals and singing competitions and record these recitals, burn them on DVDs and sell them to the moms and dads. And then uh, later in, in, in high school, did the same thing with glow sticks. So we'd go buy a bunch of glow sticks kind of in bulk. We'd come up here to Red, White, and Boom and travel around Southern Ohio, hire some buddies, and just kind of always had that entrepreneurial itch, but didn't know what form it would eventually take. So go to OU, have no idea what the hell I, I want to study. Say, you know what? Entrepreneurship sounds fun. Get to meet some really great mentors and entrepreneurs and that were ultimately professors at OU, but got to meet them. And they kind of guided me along the journey and eventually held my hand to uh, get into venture capital with the Ohio Innovation Fund but while I was at OU, they have this really cool class in the College of Business called Cluster. And essentially, Cluster's a semester-long experience where you develop a 180-page report on a random industry that they assign you. And it just so happens to be that they gave us the esports and gaming industry. I grew up playing video games, but I really had no idea how big it was and what the opportunity really looked like. And it was through that class that I developed the, the initial business plan for eFuse. 
And so when you're working on an analyst, when did you decide to jump off? And then how did you actually take the step uh, once you decided that you're going to make that move? Yeah. So I, I started when I was working as an analyst, I actually transitioned the last three to four months into an entrepreneurial and residence role with them. So I was contemplating this idea from, from college. And when I left school, I, I didn't feel like I had the, the skill set. So I was just trying to soak up as much as I could while I was here at the Ohio Innovation Fund. And then in August of 2018, finally said, you know what, I've I've soaked up as much as I can. I got to just at some point take the leap of faith. I'm young, uh, I'm foolish, might as well take the leap now. And so in August of 2018, uh, took the leap, left the Ohio Innovation Fund for the first three to four months, really stuttered, didn't have any traction. And then going into 2019, raised a seed round, found a co-founder and the business really started to pick up. And why did it start to pick up going into 2019? What changed? I think uh, I, had, I had had enough failures in trying to raise money. I had finally found a co-founder. I'm, I'm a non-technical founder, uh, so I had to find somebody that could actually build the platform of eFuse and, and eventually met that individual. His name's Austin May, still with the business today, is a huge contributor, but he was able to build the initial MVP for eFuse, which eventually allowed me to go raise some, some funds. So we raised 1.4 million on a convertible note, hired a great CTO who had been at Facebook and then Netflix and had moved back to Ohio, brought him on board, Patrick Schuff. And then uh, hired a couple of other folks and really kind of hit the ground running in 2019, built the team, built the, built the product, and eventually launched an, an entire year later on January 2nd, 2020. What was the concept? So what was the idea? You know, why was it stuck in your head? Yeah, I think at a high level, what we were trying to build was a platform that kind of acts as a LinkedIn for esports and gaming. And the opportunity that we saw is, and I don't know if you all are gamers or not, but gaming has kind of taken over the world, especially over the last year with COVID. All traditional sports stopped. Everybody flocked online to Twitch, to Xbox, mm -hmm. to PlayStation. We're watching and playing games more than they ever have before. But the opportunity we saw in, in August of 2018 and even before that in the class was, hey, with all of these new people playing games, there's a lot of new opportunities that are being created. For example, scholarships to play varsity sports at Ohio State. You may not know this, but they have a 2,000-person arena in the bottom of Lincoln Tower at Ohio State for gaming. Beyond that, there were a lot of jobs being created in the industry, not only from a, a game development perspective, but also from a coaching and production and kind of all the things you'd see in traditional sports, they were creating roles for that in, in gaming. So we see all these opportunities being created, but we see no place for us as individuals coming out of school to actually go find them. So we set forth to build this LinkedIn for esports and gaming. And over the last two years, it's really evolved to be a place that's where gamers meet, compete, and are discovered. So we built a lot of tools around this network that help facilitate competition, that help facilitate connection, uh, and ultimately just help aspiring gamers and aspiring uh, people passionate about esports find opportunities in the industry. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. When you're creating a marketplace like that, um, how did you go about trying to get initial traction and actually get enough people on it to where the value was starting to be created? The chicken and the egg, right? It was, it was really hard. And um, for us, it's, it's two-sided, right? So on one side, we have the opportunities, which are the jobs, the scholarships, the tournaments, the team openings. And on the other end is the talent. And we chose to try to tackle opportunities first. So when we raised that initial round of funding, we actually took $200,000 out of that and invested it into a nonprofit to create scholarships. And the way we thought about it is like, we have to jumpstart the opportunities in gaming and, and showcase what that could look like on our platform. So we did that. And after we did that, we launched the beta for eFuse on December, December 10th, 2019. 
and we had 24,000 people sign up in 24 hours. So it was like, wow, there's a lot of uh, people that want to be a part of these opportunities. And then from there, it was really just a catalyst for the business. So we went from uh, 20, 24,000 people in 24 hours to over 700,000 people over the course of last year and over 35,000 opportunities being created on the EFUSE platform. And those first 24,000 were gunning for that scholarship that you that A couple fund? scholarships. So we, what we did was we went and we, we had a couple of our investors that were traditional sports athletes. So like Braxton Miller, who's obviously here in Columbus. Uh, we had a couple other people that were more influential in the gaming space and said, hey, we'll actually sponsor a scholarship on your behalf. Here's a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars Let's make the Braxton Miller Charging Scholarship. It has to be used for gaming. And then Braxton would go post about it. It drove the traction. They applied. They shared it with their friends, so on and so forth. And the way that our initial beta worked is actually kind of interesting. It was a queue list. So whatever number you registered in the queue, we'd only let 1,000 people in per day. So the way you would jump is you could invite your friends. So if you invited your friends, you could jump 10 places if you invited 10 different friends. And we kind of found this viral loop in that moment. That makes a lot of sense. It seems like, I mean, it's an ingenious way to do it. Did you imagine that going that way or was it a surprise to see how much traction you gained so quickly? It was definitely a surprise and I actually have to give credit to our CTO, Patrick Schaff and then Patrick Klein. I can't remember the name of the company. There's been a couple of companies that have tried this sort of format of, of a beta where you have to, to jump the list and we stole it from somebody. I don't know who it was, but we, it really worked well. And from there, we really just kind of hit the ground running right away. I mean, it took us a year and a half to get off the ground, but from there, people found out about EFUSE, they wanted to post their opportunities, and we just had more and more gamers come as more and more opportunities came. But even with that initial list, like the, they, you get their names, they sign up for the scholarship, but to get them on the platform using it, that first experience of value and then continuing to come back, like it's gotta take a decent amount of people on there. I mean, you take, talk about taking a year and a half to get traction. So even after that scholarship, like were there other monumental milestones that you reflect on right now that really helped you continue to take leaps and, and steps forward? For sure, and it's always been for us about creating more opportunities. So one of the things we did when COVID hit, and let's call it March of 2020, April of 2020, we actually had a gaming influencer come to us and say, hey, traditional sports are shutting down. I'm going to start hosting these big online tournaments. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's one's called Wars on Wednesday and Fortnite Friday. So you have the biggest names in gaming playing, Ninja, uh, Tifu, I mean, all these guys and gals playing in it. But he came to us and said, hey, can you build me a home base for a competition? So a place where I can view the leaderboard, I can watch all the streams, I can put ads, um, I can have all of our viewers go and, and look at that as kind of like an ESPN for this tournament. And I came to our CTO and, and my co-founder who were pretty much the only engineers with us at the time and said, hey, this is gonna sound crazy, but we're gonna put everything on pause for two weeks and we're gonna try to get this thing off the ground. So we did that and every night since we, we launched that product, which is called Arena, mm -hmm. uh, we've had 10,000 people sign up. So we just have used this, this Arena product to put on a, a wide variety of tournaments in gaming. And it's really transitioned from being a tournament operator system to now it's one of our biggest revenue drivers. We've had brands like Crocs the Shoe Company, the NBA PA, Monster Energy that have, have come and actually sponsored tournaments through the platform. And for us, again, that, that tool is just a way to create more opportunities for the ecosystem continuing to fuel that marketplace. And, and with those new opportunities, you're seeing more gamers come in. So that was another moment kind of right as COVID hit, everything else was shutting down. What can we do that really ended up working for us? Forgive me if I missed it, but remind me, what is the, what is the revenue model here? We have two different revenue models that are enacted today. So the first one is kind of a B2B sponsorship play. So brands come into our, our platform and we now have this ecosystem of, of hundreds of thousands of gamers that are registered and millions that are coming and watching tournaments 
they'll come in again using the example of Crocs the shoe company and sponsor a specific tournament. So we put on one called Women of the Arena, and it was the largest prize pool tournament for female gamers ever. And then we recruited influencers to play in it. We had fans could apply to play through the eFuse platform, and uh, we basically blasted Crocs all over the, the mm-hmm. platform. And ironically, the same time we put on that tournament was the same time that Justin Bieber did a campaign with Crocs, and was it was all over social media. And the social traction and impact and conversation for that campaign was actually outpaced by our Women of the Arena event for Crocs the Shoe Company, and they kind of saw it on a blip on the map. So that's one way that brands can come and engage uh, with eFuse is sponsoring these tournaments. But then the other piece is actually on the opposite end of the spectrum, monetizing the baseline gamer. Mm-hmm. They can come on in a B2B2C model, pay a monthly subscription fee uh, to essentially have access to all of the different tournaments, the leagues, and things that we're running. So explain that more. So they, they come on and they get access to the tournaments and leagues, and they couldn't otherwise get access to that without you guys? Some of the... So for specific leagues and for specific tournament properties, yeah, it's, it's restricted. For example, uh, we actually, uh, over the, the last 90 days, have made three different acquisitions of leagues and gaming. And uh, those acquisitions and those leagues are really oriented towards a specific game title. So we bought the biggest college Call of Duty uh, collegiate league. We bought the biggest Rocket League league in the collegiate space. And now you can only play in those if you come through the EFUSE platform. So things like that that are a little bit more restrictive, but are name brands in the gaming space have really driven that traffic for people that want to play in those tournaments. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So what do things look like today? Like how many employees do you have? When you talk about acquiring a league, like are these leagues very lean? Are they big entities? So what does that look like? Yeah, so each each league had about five people working for them. Most of them were actually college kids that had spun this thing up, but had gotten crazy traction and gotten publisher support from Activision Blizzard and uh, Psionics on the CRL side. And uh, so to, to go back to your initial question, we started uh, January of 2020 with six people. We're now at 55 people. We've just had a lot of success, and I know we're actually the same the same uh, WeWork building on the day to day. But we have an office on the fifth floor that most of our team is in, and then we have a couple people that are spread throughout the states, but most are based here in Columbus. And then, what does the future look like? I mean, we're at fifty five people right now. Are you going to continue on this acquisition rampage tear and and keep rolling those up? I mean, it sounds like a, a brilliant strategy in order to get them to jump onto your guys' application. Yeah, I think that we're, we're probably going to stall the the acquisition rampage that we're going on right now, but we are scaling up in, from, from an employee standpoint. We're taking on a lot of new contracts from the game developers themselves, so Activision Blizzard, Psionics, Fortnite, all, the, all these great people. So we're still ramping up on that front, but we're really focused on spinning up these new properties and even leagues that don't yet exist. So for example, Halo just came out, I think two, three days ago. We're looking at spinning up a collegiate Halo league that'll be a run on eFuse and working with 343 to do that. So uh, that's really where the focus is now. Are there any competitors, like anybody that you guys are worried about? There were a couple of people that have been here before us uh, that, that we kind of keep our eye on. One is Play Versus. They are actually out in LA, raised a hundred million bucks, which is a lot of money, and uh, have hired a bunch of people. And they've kind of been the de facto leader for some time, really not from a user ac- acquisition perspective or growth perspective, but just because they had all this money and they had the name brand and they had the celebrities behind behind their company. But we've since kind of taken over the collegiate space. They're really focused on the high school space, but we still keep a close eye on them. And then there's another company called Mainline that's out of Texas. Kind of a similar story, raised, I want to say like 15 to 20 million. Started around the same time as us, but hasn't had as much user adoption and traction. 
And I liken that really because of the relationships we have in the space, but also these exclusive properties. That's really what's driving the, the momentum behind EFUs. Do you guys see, uh, you probably can't talk about it, but do you see another raise in the future? Yeah, I mean, we're eyeballing and exploring options. We're, we're, we're really close to being cash flow positive, so it puts us in a really healthy position as we think towards the raise. We're not kind of waiting on anybody. Uh, we can kind of do it at our own pace, but we also don't want to slow down the growth that we're seeing. So we'll probably do a raise the early part of next year, looking at 30 to 40 million. And what does your day-to-day look like? I mean, your background is, is also on the finance side, so you're probably decently deep into the numbers. Like, are you putting more of your attention on uh, developing the team, strategy? You know, what does it look like? For me, it's uh, it's kind of funny. My, my old boss, Bill, used to say that companies have three different stages. Zero to one, which is nothing to something. One to 10, which is kind of modeling what scale could look like. And then 10 to 100, which is just all kinds of scale, right? I look at us right now, we're one to 10. So when it was six people in a warehouse out in Whitehall, it was super easy for me to communicate, build product, do all these different things. But as we've ramped up, I've really had to let go of being an IC and, and focus more on managing people. So it's been a, a developmental thing for me. But right now, I'm spending a lot of time on product and a lot of time on partnerships, not as much on the operational side, uh, not as much on the marketing side. And eventually, my, my role, especially as we go into this, this next year and this raise, will switch back into that being a full-time job. Hey, everybody. Mike here, and we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, SmartHouse. SmartHouse helps keep your home safe, and their team offers white glove custom home automation and security solutions. They can install things like security cameras, alarm systems, video doorbells, smart locks, thermostats, and smart garage doors, all of which can be controlled from a single app. They even do things like whole house home audio and theater systems, and Josh has used Smart House himself, so we definitely recommend you check them out. You can save 50% or more on no-contract professional alarm monitoring, and to top it all off, they're a local business. So if you want to learn more about them, check out smarthouseohio.com. That's smarthouseohio.com, and let them know Conquer and Columbus sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. So now I'm kind of curious, you know, after all this, I'm going to ask a real random question here. What are the biggest games on your platform right now? Yeah, it's kind of all the big main titles you'd you'd hear of. Call of Duty, Halo starting to pick up, Rocket League, Valorant, League of Legends, EA games, so Mm -hmm. Madden, 2K, FIFA. Do you work with any classic games? Is there ability to do that since they don't really have online multiplayer? We yeah, really like we don't. Got Smash Bros going on Dude. somewhere. Yeah, we we have run some Smash Bros tournaments, but we've act, we've never we haven't done an integration with their game in particular. So my old the, business partner and I can destroy people. At, oh really? Mario that Smash sounds like a 64, challenge. 64, 64 you can come Smash on down Bros. the street, and we oh. have some guys and gals that would take you up on. That. I will. <laughs> Wait, so I, I toured in a band for a long time, and at one point before you know we had like satellites for tvs and stuff we literally had a tv in the van and we'd play 64. that's awesome and we got to the point where and i play as kirby because i'm not an idiot <laughs> anybody you could tell somebody's 64 smash bros like their history by their character of choice mm-hmm. and depending on who they choose you could tell if they're like a legitimate opponent but i would play one like battle royale one versus three of them and if they could kill me one time that was like i'm not good at any other video game for some reason smash bros that one you're a legend just, yeah and like joel joel's my business partner and i he he was at osu they used to do tournaments in those uh he, he was in moral and literally one day we came like back he was living in moral and we came back and saw like a flyer for it hadn't practiced at all it was like a 2v2 and uh just entered and just annihilated everyone and they had been practicing for like months for it so there's something about that game that just clicks. So if you guys get that, you got me. I'm terrible at everything else, though. Well, well, we'll see to it that you come on down one day, and we have a Nintendo Switch in the office, not a 64. No, no, no 64. We don't oh, fuck. Okay. We don't fuck with the with the with the with the switches and all those fancy stuff. You got to go 64. You're an old guy. Like right. The real original 
Yeah. Bunch of bunch of old heads over here playing Nintendo <laughs> yep. 64. <laughs> that's the one, dude. Oh man. But that's but, cool. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a really cool concept. I mean, I guess what's so I do have another one for you. Uh, as Mike's brain like gets Pause. kickstarted started. Short, yeah, like, <laughs> short start. Sometimes yeah, sometimes you got a pole start over there in the middle of the interview. It gets awkward. But like just in terms of uh you seem very relaxed, like but yet you you articulate yourself well. You seem to have a really strong understanding of all the elements of the business for still being fairly young in your professional career like how have you handled growing and evolving and managing 55 people and like what has this experience been like from you for from being where you're at in your career yeah i mean i've really only had one job where i've i've had a boss which is so weird to, to think about which was the ohio innovation fund i mean and it's kind of, i hesitate to even say it publicly but i'm only 24 uh so to to lead a team of 55 people and and uh, have to learn by the fire it can be painful at times but i've got a lot of really great mentors in my life and I think that's one of the things that's allowed me to misstep a lot of the uh, potential problems. And I'm just so obsessed with the business that uh, I, I still know everybody's name. I'm still very close with them, but I'm also, we're still small enough. That I do have my hands in everything. While it's not my focus, I'm really on partnerships and product. Uh, I still get to see kind of all aspects. Um, so most of it, I don't really have a great answer aside from great mentors and then learning by the fire. Do you like the people side of things? Are you happy with how big? Do you, you want to see get even bigger? I think we're going to have to. I like the intimate relationships. I like knowing everybody's name. I think that's important. Um, I like getting to know everybody's background and kind of where they come from and their story. I'm just fascinated by how people, where people end up and how they've ended up there. Um, we're going to have to grow to continue to, 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 I guess, keep pace with all the things that are going on at eFuse. But uh, it's not something that, that I've ever experienced. It'll be another kind of curveball. I, I mentioned it earlier, going from six to 55, is one lesson, but going from 55 to 300 to 500, very different uh, type in, in life as a CEO that I'll have to learn. What do you think the biggest challenge will be with scaling? I have no idea. It's just kind of crazy, right? I think that there'll be a lot of growing pains from a hiring perspective. Uh, it's, it's easy to hire one person, two people, 10 people a month. But when you're hiring 25, 50 people per month for a six-month window, that's really hard. And, and to find talent at all different levels mm -hmm. is painful. I think another thing is uh, when you're hiring a role that you've never experienced, it can be hard. Like one thing that we're, we're putting a lot of emphasis behind right now is hiring people in product. We really haven't had a product organization until recently. Uh, it's kind of been all off intuition and, and kind of gut, uh, but now we're really narrowing in and, and building out that product team to support the engineering unit that we've built. And not having that skill set or that expertise has been kind of hard to interview for. So having to lean on, again, mentors and people that are in the space that we believe in and trust uh, has been something that's been helpful. But I think as we scale, and again, that velocity and that, that uh, upscale, I think could be really painful as we're trying to hire those roles. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is uh, really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies. Companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode.
How many users are you guys adding on like a daily basis right now? Might be private information too, but I mean, it's, it's growing rather a couple thousand, a couple thousand a day. And I think like one of the things that we, we put a lot of emphasis in is our events you, to consume our content. You don't have to be a registered user. So, I mean, we'll have days where we'll have like 18 million impressions across the EFUSE platform simply for one event. So it, it really kind of varies when, when these, these big activations happen, these big tournaments, these, these big, these big leagues and who's playing in them, but it can really fluctuate. Some days it'll be a couple thousand, some days it can be 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people coming. And so what's the strategy behind that? Like you'll, you'll let them come in and then you'll let them go without trying to capture them as a user. Uh, is it because you're monetizing the event and that's all you care about or? It's a little bit of both. I mean, we, it's a, it's a delicate balance of, um, getting the, the viewership, getting the time on site, getting the content consumption for the brands. But it's also like, we want to retain these users. We want to get them into the system. We want to get them as registered people. So, uh, we're doing a little bit of both and candidly, I think that's one of the things we're, we're really trying to figure out is, uh, which, which way that'll, that'll go. Yeah, we're just setting the mood in here. There go the lights <laughs> on us again. Um, so, so it's like um, it's not quite to the point where you guys have so much brand strength in the market that you can just create your own rules. You kind of got to play by the rules of what people want to do. So you're trying to work with consumer behavior to some extent. Say, okay, we don't want to paywall everything and, and all this kind of stuff. Then we're, we're in a great drop off. So keep building the brand, building the bear, and then eventually we'll get users on as a byproduct. 100%. But, the, but the ultimate goal is to get users on the platform. At the end of the day, it's not some of the ancillary products that you guys are developing. Yeah, but I, I think of the auxiliary products, the ancillary products that are around eFuse, the arena. We have another one called Pipeline that's essentially like ESPN Top 100 for gamers. Those products fuel our ecosystem. So we've really put a lot of emphasis in developing those because they're, they're building the marketplace. They're building the opportunities. They're bringing talent in. So I still think that those will be really crucial. And we've actually stopped focusing as much on the core social experience and focused more on how do we fuel those things because that's what's bringing the people in and that's it's retaining them too. Sounds like we're out of questions. We ready to move to the last one here? Dude, I think everybody's defeated when the lights turned off. In this yeah, point. It's, it's like be, pitch uh, black. Just wave your hands a little bit. It'll, I'm it'll trying. I, you know, we're all waving, but the lights aren't turning on. So Dude, I, think, I, I just don't think, oh, I don't think Tim even pays for this office. <laughs> so I think the problem is they're telling us to get the hell out. Right. They're like, hey, you guys been here too long? They're like, look, yeah. And take your stuff off the walls too. You don't even pay for this place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, with that, that's a good place to move towards our last question of the show. And uh, it's centered on the theme here on Conquering Columbus that is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that phrase for a show about entrepreneurs, business leaders, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? Yeah, it's actually one of my personal core values. And one of our core values at EFUSE is vulnerability. And we often say vulnerability is a breeding ground for growth. And I think that discomfort is, is important. And if you're not uncomfortable, uh, you're probably not growing. So we, we seek to be uncomfortable, whether that is in building product, whether that's in a partnership or whether that's in our personal lives. So that resonates with me and, and something I always try to create in my life is that discomfort. So that's what it means to me. Good, succinct answer. I like it. Matt, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate, appreciate y'all that. having me. And Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that episode, leave a like, share it with your friends, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. You'll get episodes just like this every week. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>